This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Out there in Philly, but he is right. Brendan Tobin's in Miami. Sean Levine in Kansas City. The bets are, the fights I should say, are underway in Las Vegas. UFC 46 taking place inside the Apex. We appreciate you joining us right here. On the BetQL network, since BT and I can never get along, it's everybody's favorite segment. Are you going to fight me? BT, you going to fight me if I tell you that the Colby versus Masvidal fight is 100% going to end up with somebody getting knocked out? You going to fight me? Yeah, I'm going to fight you on that because I could definitely see it going to the distance. Uh, really? but, yeah, both of those guys, for the most part in their careers, have been decision fighters, believe it or not. Like, I, you know, Masvidal has gotten so famous because of the flying knee and the knockouts over Darren Till and the stoppage of Nate Diaz. But the guy mostly before that, you know, he talked about the frustration of, of being more of a guy who let it go to the scorecards and, and feeling like he left some things out there. And then Colby just exhausts people. Uh, doesn't necessarily put away put away fools, and um, I just feel like yeah, I could definitely see this one go in the cards. I think that's the exciting that's the exciting thing about this being five rounds. I think that you're gonna there could be some twists and turns in this fight where you know maybe Jorge Masvidal looks good coming out of the gate, and then uh, you know does he have anything left in the tank, and you know does he have to find something within himself? I think that that's uh, that's definitely a possibility. Colby's came very close to beating the Nigeria nightmare, at least close-ish. Would you fight me if I said, Brendan, that now Leon Edwards, who's going to get his chance against Kamaru Usman, is going to look even better than Colby did? Yeah, I'm going to fight you on that. I feel like we, they, you know, Kamaru Usman has already beaten Leon Edwards. Kamaru Usman looks better every single time. It seems like he steps into the cage. We see a better version of him. He's more confident. He's more confident in his striking. Um, and so I think for Leon, it's actually a lot like Jorge. Like, I think these guys that go in there, they're, they're, they're going to start thinking that they have this grand striking advantage over Kamar Usman. Let me tell you something. Kamar Usman, a lot of people don't know this. This dude spends a lot of his time down here in a boxing gym. Like this guy works on that stuff all the time when he's not even in camp. And he just seems to be obsessed with the get better. This is a guy who says he wants to fight Canelo. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. I don't think that he should fight Canelo, but that, that is that speaks to the confidence that he has and where his striking is. And I think that's a dangerous, uh, a dangerous formula for Leon Edwards. We were talking about Colby a couple of minutes ago and Colby, I wouldn't say is really a hated fighter. I would say if I'm going to say who's the most, let's say disliked, my girlfriend is like me saying hated the most disliked fighter on the entire roster. Probably the guy that got pulled out of UFC 270 in a matter of hours ago. Uh, uh, did you see Greg Hardy is now out of UFC yes. 270? Would you agree that I said that right, if right now, if you're talking about the, the guy that's the most unliked at any weight class in the entire UFC, is still probably Greg Hardy? Um, 
probably definitely the most deserving guy to be hated no uh, on the UFC roster. I would say that. <laughs> um, and it's interesting that, that, you know, the UFC really like leans into it. I mean, they really don't have uh they're not, they're not, they're not squeamish about this stuff. Like they know Greg Hardy is a controversial figure. He's also uh, for, not terrible. He's not a scrub. This is not CM Punk fighting. Like he's this not, guy's a real no, no, player. yeah, that's true. Listen, he's not terrible. It's he has not had an, for him to last this long in a career is not embarrassing. No, uh, so you, you definitely have to give him some credit for that. I do think he's been a little bit. I don't want. I don't know if exposed is the right. I think he maybe has ta- he's topped out at probably what his ceiling is. Over over the last couple of fights, we've seen him lose to quality guys. But look, he was a guy who went on short notice and went the distance with Volkov, and Volkov was a top ten guy at the time. Um, so yeah, he's definitely shown he's definitely shown that he is worthy of being in the UFC. But yeah, I would say I would say yeah, if, if you if you had to like do a do a Q rating on everybody, he would probably come in at the lowest. He's never going to be champ. You're going to fight me if I tell you that for sure. One day, Sugar Sean O'Malley will be champ. Hmm. Oh, for sure. 100% he's going to be champ. You feel that way? He's got a decade left of fighting, man. He could switch weight classes. He could be a multiple division champ at some point, and he's going to have that belt wrapped around his waist. I guarantee it. You're going to fight me? I would say I will will stand back and think about raising my fists because, like— Good decision. This is a uh, this this is a, a a very tough division that he's in, and he has done a lot of chirping about how he's been waiting to fight the best of the best. A lot of these guys have been fighting the best of the best, and so and that one time he's in there with a guy in Chito Vera didn't go great for him. I know that there was injury involved in there too, but you know Chito looked good in that fight and has shown himself to be a very good fighter uh, in the follow up of that. So I won't fight you on it, but. You know, I'll give you a stink face on it. Would you fight me if I said that Henry Cejudo not only should come back, but he should fight for the belt right away? Oh, no, I won't fight you on that. I think that he should. This is weird that Dana White just, like, makes up the rules as he goes. He's just like, you can't come back and jump and fight for the title. It's like, well, John Jones is about to do it. So what are we talking about? Like, John Jones has literally been out of the game for two years, and he's going to come back and fight for the heavyweight championship. Yeah, I guess he's not technically retired like Henry Cejudo has. This is all about Dana White doesn't like the fact that Henry Cejudo left because he was upset with his pay, and so he's punishing him over it. That's it. Like he, the look, he just makes up the rules as he goes. Ah, uh, Cyril gone. Francis didn't want to fight in him uh, on the month we want him to interim title shot. Oh, Tyron Woodley doesn't want to fight the month that we want him to. Colby Covington interim title shot. Like they just make it up <laughs> as they go. And, like, Brock fought for a title coming off the WWE, not even right. the same sport. And you had, um, I'm thinking about, how about um, Michael Chandler, who came over and his second fight was fighting for the belt. So GSP, right. GSP came out of retirement and fought for the middleweight championship. You know, the thing about Dana's decisions are sometimes he just backs it up with poor facts. Like, I don't mind if he doesn't think that, who, that Cejudo should come back. And I honestly feel like Cejudo's kind of barking up the wrong tree with his most recent argument. And I'm on your side here. Like, if if it was me, if I were making the decisions, which I'm not, I think that Cejudo's done enough as Triple C, as the double champ, as the Olympic champion, all these different things where he deserves to be one of these guys that comes back right away. If Dana wants him to fight in a number one contender fight, I have no problem with that. But it feels like the reasons that Dana gives don't make sense because you and I just poke holes in a bunch of them. And also, to Henry Cejudo's credit, and he brought this up, he's defended both of his belts. He didn't just win them. He's defended them. Correct. 
And that's really what Dana cares about. Like, I understand in the case of GSP, you win it, you run. That's going to piss off anybody, but that's not the situation here. So I'm surprised that it's gotten into this argument, this back and forth between Cejudo and Dana White. Let's move on. Uh, Sterling Yan has been moved to UFC 273. If and when Aljamain Sterling uses this fight, uh, loses this fight, do you think we're going to get Aldo versus Aljo next? Oh, man. That's such a stacked division. I don't know for sure if we're going to get Aldo versus versus uh, versus Aljo. Aljo versus Aldo. Is that what you said? Yeah. If he wins? I that, yeah. Oh, no, no. I think – well, I don't think that – you don't think you don't think Sterling's going to win the fight, do you? No, I don't. I don't think okay. that – I don't I think that he's sure going to win the fight. I'm, um, looking right now, top five rankings right now, Dillashaw's two, Jose's three. Um, Sanhagen just fought for the interim title. It's not crazy. Man, that, is that is a stacked division. It's not, it's not crazy. So no, I'm not going to fight you on it because I don't. I, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. And I think it would be cool to see. It's always going to be cool to see Jose at this point in his career get that uh, get that opportunity. We're now a half hour away from the main card of UFC Fight Night in Las Vegas, taking place in the apex, of course, at the very top of the card. Calvin Cater, the number five-ranked featherweight, taking on Giga Chikatse, who's ranked number eight. Calvin Cater, friend of the show, joined us last week right here on Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. You're going to fight me if I tell you that if Amanda comes back and happens to fight Valentina, Valentina should be favored to win that fight. Yeah, I mean Amanda's beat her twice. I know they're close, but like that seems no. Why 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 should Valentina be favored? Because Amanda just lost to Juliana Pena? That's that's silly. Yeah, do you not think that anything changes based on what we just saw? Feels like Amanda, no. I don't want to say quit, but you saw her quit in the octagon. What are okay, you talking about? But she's about? fought her twice. Like what are, you know, what why what what is it what does Valentina do? Because Valentina's held a belt in a lower weight class. She does she deserves to be favored over a woman who's been reigning over two divisions for years upon years and has lost to uh, Amanda twice. Times change and people progress, Brendan Tobin, kind of like Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. What's the point of talking about Conor dusting him the first time around? Those but, guys could fight another dozen times and Conor doesn't stand a chance. But you're talking about odds. Like, isn't Amanda currently uh, the favorite against Juliana Pena in a rematch? So why would what does it make sense that she's favored against somebody that she just lost to as opposed to somebody she's beaten twice? Because, my friend, you got to get out of the past and live in the future. And I'm telling you right now, the present and the future of the women's, it doesn't matter what division or weight class we're talking about, is still Valentina Shevchenko. Are you telling me that you still honestly believe it's Amanda Nunez? I mean, like I saw the, they, they fought. She, if they were to fight today, so you're telling me that you take Valentina just strictly because of what she's been doing to even this, money. this thin even flyweight money. division? Even plus money, I would take Valentina Shevchenko to beat her. Absolutely. And I would take, I, I, yeah. I so think, you, yeah, you. I, so you just think that uh, we've seen Amanda, she's ridden into the sunset. She just doesn't have it anymore. No no fire anymore. The way that she lost, and it feels like once you lose it, sometimes not just in the fight game, but in any game, you're done, you're done. That looked different. Are you telling me she didn't quit? Can you honestly tell me? No, she quit. That knows fight, okay, I will, she quit. I won't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to disagree with you how bad that looked, but I don't think it erases a resume of work that she has over her career and i don't certainly think it erases the past which is she's beaten valentina shevchenko not handily they were close fights don't get me wrong but you still have valentina who would have to come up and wait she's got to deal with the idea of uh, of amanda you know and that power and her grappling and all of that stuff so yeah i still think it's a different beast than her 
ruling over these flyweights. I love Valentina Shevchenko. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think she's better than Amanda Nunes. Brennan Tobin in Miami, Sean Levine in Kansas City, Jake Galley's in Philly, and you joining us all over the country on the BetQL Network, twitch.tv backslash BetQL, all over the Odyssey app, and of course, checking us out on the podcast. The fights are underway. We're less than a half hour away from the main card. Four fights taking place tonight inside the Apex. No finishes so far. We got three decisions. Let's go. Let's get some finishes, boys. Three decisions already. I hope those continue tonight. Speaking of the number four, the sports radio topic always comes up. Who would be on the Mount Rushmore? UFC's got to be the most interesting to talk about when it comes to that. Let's see how many of the four heads we can agree upon so we don't have to argue like we always do. Okay. Conor McGregor. And we're talking about based on their – let's just do fighters. Okay, let's keep Joe Rogan. Let's keep Dana. Let's keep all those guys out of this. Okay, Agreed. let's just go with fighters here. Just okay. fighters. Conor McGregor is very obviously and probably the biggest head – on Mount Rushmore, right? If they do that, I think they're all the same size. Well, he's 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 got the biggest, bustiest head. He's the one that's really staring at you because I would say that if you talk about the most important fighters, he's probably number one. We agree with that. I think he definitely deserves to be up there. Would you definitely put Chuck Liddell on there based on how important he was to the early game of the UFC? Uh, no, no, I wouldn't. I think that Chuck Liddell is upon an era. He definitely is. Uh, he's definitely uh, super significant, but I don't think that, you know, I would put him ahead just based on resume and things like that. I don't know if I'd put him. I don't know if you're going to include these guys as well, but like he ain't getting in before Anderson Silva on my bust. He ain't getting in before GSP on my bust. He's not okay, getting stop in there. right there. Stop right there. Anderson Silva, we can agree upon. So at least okay. we got that out of the way. We got Connor. We got Silva, but we got two heads left. You threw the name GSP in there. So. The thing about GSP compared to Chuck is I'm not going to argue that GSP is the better fighter. Of course he is. But when you're talking about importance, I think that Chuck is probably the bigger the star power, the one who, star power. And, and when it came to the time that he was there, I would put Chuck on there. And let's see if we agree with this one when we continue the conversation on our Mount Rushmore of the UFC. How about Ronda Rousey? I know it didn't go out well, but when you want to talk about the importance, think about she was selling out 50,000-seat arenas, main mm -hmm. event as a female fighter two years after Dana said that females would never fight in the UFC. She's got to be on there. Yeah, I can't put her on there, though. I think that you, we can give her a side rock. You know, we can give her, like, a little <laughs> side mountain, and I'm cool with that. Like, I love Ronda Rousey. I was a big fan. I, I think people were very hard on her in the way that she left the sport, but I can't put her – on the top four figures, I think that Jake brings up a great point. If Jake wants to to hop in here with his uh, with who he's got, because you're you're, meant, you're you're leaving you're leaving. I mean, maybe the best fighter walking the planet off the table right now. Yeah, Chime I in just, with your two cents, Jake. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in. I think when you look at the best of all time or the greatest of all time, uh, you have to consider their record. And the two guys who come to mind for me have never been beaten: John Jones and Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, it, it's tough to leave either guy off, in my right. opinion. I agree. I, I've John Great for fighters. sure. I I could deal. Are I could. Guys, I ain't I could, carving John Jones' face in that rock. Are you Khabib for sure? Whoa, John whoa. Jones. Let me see who the actual presidents on Mount Rushmore are. Because are they all the most famous presidents? Between the three of us, I bet we can't get it. I bet the three of us aren't smart enough to. I, I know Washington's one. You I know Jefferson. I, Jefferson. I saw it like a month ago. I went to South Dakota. Oh, you've been with my there? family. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jefferson, Washington. Give me a Roosevelt, and by the way, people are chiming in now. We're getting Hoist Gracies and Daniel Cormier's and all kinds of different people. Um, I don't know the fourth one. 
Theodore Roosevelt was a show pony. <laughs> well, then again, okay, you probably want to take him off and give him a side rock too. No side rocks. Let's hash this out. We got Connor on there. We got Silva on there. I'll give you GSP. Who's the fourth one on there? John Jones on our Mount Rushmore? Yeah, got to be John Jones. You're Come disgusting. On, I feel disgusting. Absolutely nasty. That's you going to fight me here on the BetQL Network. We got one segment left. The fights are already underway. We've got three finishes, and we're going to give you our best bets. We're going to try to get parlayed, overhooks, underhooks, and then we're going to tap out. You got the BetQL Network.